The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. As soon as Michael Parenton and the Messengers conclude this introduction music of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. It's a highway to heaven with no roadblock. Just don't drink. Walk, walk if you're ready. This is the place. This is the place where I wear no mask. I am who I am, not part of the Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Listen, um, I am bringing to you this week uh, something a little different. We're bringing a show back from 2013 with a gentleman by the name of Ave. Now, Ave is a member of Marijuana Anonymous, and he is sharing his experience, strength, and hope. This is back from a show we did in 2013. Now, why am I bringing back a show from way back then? Well, first of all, it's an amazing share of experience, strength, and hope that you don't want to miss. And secondly, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, so I had to uh, put a fresh show on hold this week, uh, and, but I didn't want to leave you without a show. So in just a second, we're going to experience this amazing share from Ave. But before we do that, uh, I want you to hear a little bit about our brand new sponsor, Exact Nature. Check it out. Hey, listen, I'm a natural born skeptic and I wasn't any different when it came to CBD products until I personally experienced the safe and healthy CBD products of Exact Nature. Now, not only do these products contribute to a serenity of mind, relief of body aches and pains, and a quality night's sleep, but they may actually help those who are detoxing and experiencing withdrawal from certain mind-altering substances. And Exact Nature products? Well, (laughs) they never contain THC. So you won't get high, but you may just get to feeling better. To do what I did and find out more, visit exactnature.com. And once there, use the code TAKE12 to get 20% off your order just for tuning in to today's show. This is the place. 
All right, welcome back to the show. Now, I know you're going to enjoy this share, so kick back, uh, download it, copy it, share it with your friends, uh, whatever you do to help promote recovery. Here is Ave H in Hollywood, California from our show back in 2013. Check out his share of experience, strength, and hope. Hi, I'm Ozzy, and I'm a marijuana addict. Let me time myself so I don't get carried away here. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now, not what it was like when I got here and then go on and on and on. So, I have to separate myself with that because usually I love to get caught up in uh, the past. You know, you got to stay in the moment here. And so, uh, what happened? I got here... Uh, I got here in uh, 2005. Before 2005, I was uh, a heavy pot smoker. I love marijuana. And I say I love, not love, because, I mean, I love it still. I just really doesn't work the same as it used to for me. It, it, works, in a different, it, it works in a different way towards the end. And, um, uh, I, uh, I, I just, I loved everything about it. I loved the lifestyle. I loved the... Uh, I loved the pipe. I loved the portability of it, and it just—it all made sense to me. It just—and and the feeling when I first smoked weed, it was—it uh, was adjacent to my friend's home. It was like a, a block away, maybe, and uh, we just took out the pipe, and we—and uh, he and his friend put the weed in, and we smoked it, and it was—and it—it all made sense. Things were clicking just like that. Like, oh, the smell, that smell. That's what my older brothers always smelled like when I was uh, young. <laughs> like, oh, that's what that is. Oh, it's like all these little like little childhood memories just ring a ding ding. Like it's all like it's all making sense, you know? It's like, oh wow, this is cool. Like now I know what this is, and now I know why they know what it is because it's like it felt great. I, I, I like why 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 skimp on that, you know? Like that's what it was, and so I'm like, but it is a drug. So I'm gonna chill out for a sec here and uh, think about this, and then I, you know, I smoked it the next day too, and then, and then, uh, and you know, I the whole munchies and all that. It was it was glorious. I was in heaven. This is what I wanted, and like a lot of people say, I have arrived. I've arrived, and this is really wonderful. Now, it was wonderful for a long time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I loved it so much that I would grow it, I would deal it. I wanted a constant flow of marijuana. That's what it progressed into. It wasn't that quick. It was a gradual thing for me because at first I just, you know, it was treading the waters, you know, and uh, then, you know, I knew I knew I loved it, but, you know, it's like it, it costs money and I'm in uh, high school and I don't have that much money. So I, uh, I left uh, the country because I just wasn't really comfortable in the – I never loved the town I lived in. It was really hard to live there and I always felt different than everyone. It was very uncomfortable for me because – I don't know. I, I felt like uh, like a, a Jewish nomad in this like diaspora, whatever you want to call it. And it was just like really interesting because like because like you know I, being in that situation, I didn't feel like uh, I could be friends with a lot of people because they go to all their church groups and all this. It's like I'm not going to church. Like <laughs> I'm Jewish, and so it's like it was just like it, it felt it felt like there was a separation for a long time there. And so this kind of bridged the gap for me, and I felt like I could be comfortable with the, with everyone. Like like weed was that like uh like the elastic bond that like just kinda kept us together and it was uh and it made sense to me to do that. And 
I felt a lot more comfortable after that. I actually started embracing the town I lived in. And that was, uh, that was a big deal for me back then because I was very uncomfortable my whole life living in this town. And uh, Santa Clarita, by the way, if anyone. <laughs> okay, so, so, you know, I, I was still uncomfortable though when I started getting high. I wasn't getting high enough, I guess. I don't know. And so I left to Israel and I discovered hashish there. And that was this was in 11th grade, and I I was just like this is great I love hashish, and so I came back and I'm like I come back to marijuana and I'm like this is uh, not what I what I want anymore, and so I you know I couldn't always get hashish, so I just smoked more marijuana because then it felt like that way, and so it was just like getting this effect. Um, um, Jim once referred to it as uh, you know. You're, you're you're always trying to get to normal, like zero, like zero percent. First time I did it, I was at a hundred. You know what I'm talking about, Jim? Yeah, yeah. You said it, of course you know. And so, uh, it, <laughs> and, and, and like after a while of just getting totally blasted, I would just try to get to normal. I would because it just felt normal to be high. And when that becomes normal, being not high was like something not desirable anymore. I did not want that because if I had that, it would be like. This is very bland and uncomfortable, and I'm, and you know, I lived in a house that was very loud, a lot of yelling, and so the marijuana helped turn the volume down on that too. And I uh, didn't smoke when that would happen. I just smoked so I wouldn't react to how that happened, and I didn't do that uh, like you know consciously, but that it worked, you know. And uh, muting my emotions was a. a a big deal for me. Like I didn't consciously do that at all, but the effect to me was I'm getting high and I feel good. And I feel good because I'm not feeling anything. And that was really what it felt like. It felt like I was only feeling what I wanted to see. And uh, I did that for a while and I didn't realize that that might have an effect in me, on me for a while. So I got the whole medical marijuana thing eventually and it progressed to that. And I was getting super blasted all the time and uh, eventually uh, I just got so high one time that, not one time, like over a course of time that I started getting paranoid a little bit and I didn't really realize that it was, that was gradual too. This was all very gradual, it felt like to me and the paranoia just grew and it progressed to the point where it's like, I thought people were after me because I was high all the time so I was paranoid more and more and more and like, this is just how it was. I was smoking very high quality weed, I, I, I suppose, and it was, and it just kind of, uh, my imagination took over reality, and I went nuts, guys. I went nuts, though, and I, and in short, I went to the, ho I was hospitalized. I mean, and, and to the new people, this doesn't happen to all of us. This happened, this happened to me. This is my story, you know, like, and so I was, uh, that, that's where it took me, and that's why a young fellow like me is here at, the ripe age of 23, because I had a uh, I had a very low bottom at a very young age, fortunately for me, and I'm very grateful for that because this program, which I'll get into in just a minute here, is very uh, is very uh, eye opening. Um, so I got into this hospital, and I uh, and I uh, was pretty hopeless, you know. I remember one of the most terrible feelings. I was talking about the emotions, muting them. I muted them for so long that when I started feeling very bad, now that I didn't have my weed, I was in the hospital, on the ground, crawling, 
trying to cry, but I couldn't cry because no tears would come out my eyes. But I felt, and that was the biggest pain I've ever felt in my life, trying to be sad and you can't feel sad. It's a very scary feeling. And uh, I didn't know how to feel when I got here. It was very disturbing. I didn't know a lot of things. I was a blank slate. And uh, I was very empty. That's what the term is. I was empty inside. And so I got out of this hospital. They gave me a, a, an, MA, uh, uh, an MA meeting list. And I didn't really care much for that. I didn't know what that was. They, they actually passed me a big book in the hospital. And I like opened it up, flipped through the pages, and then just put it back down. And I'm like... Eh. I, it was a big book. I was like, eh. it, it, it was really big, and I was like, you know, intimidated by it. And it's also the big book. And so I, uh, so, and they were talking about alcohol, and I'm like, I don't really know much about that. And, and, and you know, because I didn't really think alcohol was a problem. Then. And so, anyways, I uh, get out of the hospital. They put me on some anti, uh, so some antidepressants and some psych meds. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be fine now. You know, I'm going to get back to health, and then I can go about my normal life. You know, like this paranoia will be gone. And, you know, eventually I'll smoke again. That was, like, the idea, you know. I didn't know about any 12 steps. I didn't know anything about addiction, anything about that, because I thought the addict was not a person like, a, like, like me or anything like this. I just, I thought the addict was a very different person in my head. And uh, I, um, I was at home, and I started getting paranoid again after a month. And I'm taking these meds, and I'm, like, confused. What's going on here? And I was very hopeless now because if these meds aren't working, I am, I'm very screwed. You know, like this is this is this is going to be bad. Um, I, and there was I was running out of options here. You know, guys, because if the doctors can't do anything, then what am I going to do? So I I was looking through the old because it was a very blurry time in the hospital. So I was looking through all this literature they gave me and uh, like this and you know, gratitude lists and all these things and I. Uh, found the meeting list of MA, and I had a meeting of uh, Marijuana Anonymous in uh, Van Nuys. And that's where I met all of you folks. You were all very welcoming. That made me uncomfortable. I, I was very uncomfortable just when I walked in the room because, mind you, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to interact with people right now because weed was my social lubricant, so it was like I don't really know what's going on here. I'm just here. And so I sat down, and I was just here, and I just kind of looked down at the ground and listened. Now, let's jump forward here a little bit. I, uh, I got a sponsor. People were handing out numbers. I got a sponsor, and he has helped me out tremendously, even though he doesn't think so a lot of times. He says, I don't know what I'm wiring. So but anyway, it's really funny. <laughs> I think that's called humility. But anyhow, so, so, <laughs> anyhow but... Uh, he helps me out tremendously today, and it's uh, it's an incredible feeling. How does this whole what is the sponsor thing? A sponsor is someone that takes you through the twelve steps. Sponsors that is their sole purpose. Anything residual is great, you know. There's benefits, you know, but like it's it's wonderful. I mean, there's a uh, when you get a sponsor, you know, don't be like I am hiring a friend. No, you're hiring someone to take you through the twelve steps. There, and I remember my sponsor would say to me, "I'm your sponsor first, and I'm then I'm your friend." Because if if you're a friend, if you ask your best friend to be your sponsor, it's very confusing sometimes. It can be confusing. I'm not saying it won't work, but it can be confusing. So that's that's why I'm sponsor my best friend. <laughs> but okay, so 
<laughs> I wouldn't want to either. But anyhow, like it was, because uh, you know, it's like it's very personal. This is a very personal thing, and when you're going through something very personal, you can't. It's easier to go through someone that you with you with it that you don't haven't met before, I guess, until you got here. Someone that has experience with this thing, and so, you know, I was insane, and my sponsor helped pull me out of the shit. Oh, there I go, cursing. So he uh, he helped pull me out of the shit, and uh, it was very uh, it was very hard for me. I I started feeling again. I started feeling anger, anger. I uh, <laughs> God, I, I I I'm not gonna go into that. I I I beat up this guy, and I started crying afterwards because I felt terrible that I beat up this person because I was angry because he punched me out of nowhere. And it was like very strange. It was at a gas station. Anyways, I was 90 days uh, clean. And uh, so anyhow, uh, then this whole alcohol thing came up as I started the steps. Like, because, you know, being Jewish and all, we drink wine every Friday night. And I was never as one to drink like gallons of Manischewitz because I find it personally, I find it disgusting. I don't know many people that would do that, but you know, there's, there's always a few, you know, that, and, and those people that do, you know, this is the right place. And so, you know, like, it's, you know, it's like, but I wasn't sure, you know, if I was, you know, I don't know if I have a drinking problem, you know, and, and the, and uh, my sponsor said, if you don't have a drinking problem, that it won't be a problem to stop drinking. And I'm like, but I don't have a problem. And he said to me, yeah, I'm like, oh, Oh, I see what's going on here. Okay. Okay. So, so I, you know, I just was like, okay, even a little sip of Manischewitz, okay, I'll, I, I can let that go. It's not like I'm, like, dying to drink any Manischewitz. I mean, it was just, like, it was terrible wine. Anyways. But uh, today, what's going on today? Well, I don't want to get too uh, into what it was like uh, at the beginning. So today, there's been a lot of changes. I've... Uh, I went through these steps that I was talking about with the, the 12 steps with my sponsor and uh, admitting that I was powerless, that, that was very clear to me when I got here. That was not a challenge for me. That was really what step two was about. I had to be open-minded to the fact that there's something greater than me, whatever the case may be, that's helping me feel a little more comfortable or whatever the case is. For me, it was more comfortable. And uh, so, okay, that was fine with me because I wanted to be restored to sanity. I liked that idea in the step where it says restored to sanity, I'm like, because I was just insane, so, and I'm still, in, I feel insane, so, this is good, okay, I'll stick around, so I remained open-minded, people would say, stay open-minded, remain teachable, and so, okay, I'm, I'm a student, I'm willing to learn, you know, I've been a student before, and, uh, so I listened to my sponsor, and what he said, I followed all his suggestions, even the ones that I didn't want to, because he has experience, and I say he, because my sponsor is uh, a male, <laughs> but like, a, no, 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 <laughs> but, uh, but it, it works, it works better that way, I mean, uh, but uh, for, for me, and because uh, I, I don't know, I mean, I can relate, and uh, <laughs> I'm not because I'm not a female, and so, okay, but uh, step three, I, uh, I, uh, I was willing to do this program, that's what step three was when I first got here, I was willing to do this program just willing to go through with this action. Because after step three, you know, you're making decisions in the first three steps here. You know, you're coming to some awareness. You're not really doing the work as much yet. You know, it's not too intense yet. But they're very important steps for this foundation. And so three is like you're willing to go through four, four, to, four to 11 here, you know, and 12 will happen as a result. And uh, 12 did happen as a result, the spiritual awakening, they call it. And... Uh, 
and that was very elusive to me. Like I had, it was very mysterious what a spiritual awakening is in twelve in the step twelve. You know, I understood about carrying the message of uh, what I've received, and because like, like for my first like six months, I would be driven around everywhere because I couldn't drive. I was out of my mind, and and uh, my sponsor would drive me to this meeting for my first year because I just was like too, I just couldn't handle driving. I couldn't handle a lot of things in my first year. And uh, if you can handle driving, that's awesome. Like, um, but like, I, he, you know, they, he did this for me though. The point is he did this for me uh, freely, you know. He didn't ask anything in return. And that's what this is about, you know. Like no one is going to be receiving payment for this. So people that are new, this is an awesome deal here. Received and because like, like for my first like six months, I would be driven around it. You know, I could really just put it down, and there's no stressing over it. I just put down the name, the institution, whatever it is that bothered me, and my sponsor would cross off some of them. Like, Avi, I don't think the zoo is something that made. I don't know, but like, and so I was like, okay, because I was still, you know, a little crazy. You know? And so like, I, I, you know, I just tried to put down anything, but you know, that's what the sponsor's there for, you know, because you know, like. They they go over it with you in the fifth step, you know, and and uh, in the sixth, I uh, I just had that that one I had to sit in for just a little bit because I needed to find out: Am I willing to let go of all these things that are blocking me? And I I became willing in step seven. That's 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 gradual, you know, like that that keeps happening, you know, like. Like where I let these character defects, these shortcomings, I let them go. Like and I and it's between me and what I my higher power now, like what I choose to call God. I had it took me a while to say that. But uh this over this summer I had a, a very interesting spiritual experience. I I usually go to Israel every almost every summer. Not every single summer of my life, but almost every summer I would go. And I never had any spiritual experience. I've been to all the holy sites, all this stuff and all that, but it was never like, and nothing involved God for me for some reason, because it was just like, whatever. It was just history for me. And then I went this summer and something happened. I had a spiritual experience, and ever since then, these steps have taken on a new depth. So, I'm not saying that when you get here, you'll be able to, it's not always a sudden thing, you know? And it was gradual for me. It's different for everybody. It's just, you know, we're all different people, so it works different ways. But for me, that spiritual experience, and I say it very, it's a very vague, vague word, like, or phrase, it's because it's hard to define. And, I, and, and if I tried to define it, it just wouldn't work for me. But it opened up the door. Like, I, I, was, I was feeling like, this is me, then there's a wall, and there's my potential beyond the wall. And I couldn't reach that potential unless I remained open-minded. And being open-minded in this program and being teachable, I was able to have this spiritual experience I had. And uh, very psychedelic, I guess, because like this, this program, uh, my sponsor says, a time release, the feeling that goes on here. It's, it's a different kind of high that I've never experienced in my life. And uh, and, it, and it keeps growing, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing because if I'm in pain in my life these days, I'm able to uh, I'm able to not live in the pain. I'm able to look at the pain and maybe grow from the pain, which is an amazing concept. 
like this morning, this is very small, this isn't pain at all, this has nothing to do with pain. Uh, contrary, <laughs> contrary action, I, I walk outside, I'm about to go into my car to drive to the meeting and I see the trash cans out still. And this is like, they were supposed to be put in yesterday. And I walk by them, I open the car door and I look at them, you know, and it's like, I'm not putting it in right now, fuck it. And so then like, I'm like, no, I'll just go put them in, you know? It's like small things, you know? This isn't like a program of like extravagant changes. They're not going to happen extravagantly all at once. I mean, unless you're Bill W. But, but uh, you know, like I replaced like my pipe and my lighter with like a pen and a little book. This one's red. This isn't pain at all. This has nothing to do with pain. Uh, contrary, <laughs> contrary action. I, I walk outside, I'm about to go into my car to drive to the meeting, and I see the trash cans out still. Work, but what, what I can do, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But um, what I can do with it is I, I, I have it with me all the time. Since I'm doing these 12 steps, I feel it's only proper to have this book with me. If I'm at school, it's in my backpack. If I'm going to a meeting, it's with me because we're always talking about it. And this isn't like a book, like a novel. You're not going to have to go like all out crazy with it. But what it is is... Uh, it's a new design for living. That's really what this is. And, and it's a manual. Like, it's like if you're looking for some like solid like understanding, I feel like I can be more aware than the people my age, the people 20 years older than me. And it's like, it's an amazing opportunity. I can get past my shit, my personal shit, to reach my full potential. And I have all of you guys to help me out with that. Through your experience, through telling me, Avi, what you're doing right now is bullshit, or through just showing me, through your experience, how I can grow. And that is what I'm experiencing today. And it becomes clearer and clearer to me the more I do this thing. I really would like to say before I end, um, congratulations on six months. It's a very big deal. And it's just one of those milestones, you know? And, and there's going to be many more. And, uh, and it, everyone's a miracle in here, you know? When you got six months, it's a great feeling. When I got 90 days, I remember, that was like huge. When I got showing me through your experience how I can grow. And that is what I'm experiencing since is, because I've been doing them constantly for, 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 like, for like four or five years, heavily. And it was just, it was blows my mind. And uh, congratulations, Raul, on, on, on eight years. I look at the work as a memory, you know. But, it, you know, the memory doesn't all come back, you know. But that's a, that's a great deal, too. I mean, I aspire to that. I mean, I'm at, I'm halfway there. But <laughs> let's, let's. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I can't like when I see the experience in these rooms, like eight years, or or, or just even one year. Like I can learn from the people before me. I can learn from your experience because it's a reminder for me. And I can also learn from the people with more time because they have that much more time and they have that much more experience. And it's like they've been through that much more, that many more things. So it's humbling, and it's and it's just a beautiful, like uh, tapping into knowledge. It's just a beautiful thing. And I guess that's all uh, the time I have. But uh, this room has helped me out a lot.
And I'm, I'm really grateful for Marijuana Anonymous. And uh, if you're new to this thing, it's, a, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, you, you're very lucky to be here. I know I'm very lucky. You might not feel it at this very second, but <laughs> try to trust me. Remain open-minded, remain teachable. And uh, I love you guys. Thanks. Well, there you have it, my friends. Our friend Ave from Marijuana Anonymous sharing his experience, strength, and hope. Listen, don't forget to check out our brand new sponsor, Exact Nature. Go to their website at exactnature.com for the best in CBD products. Listen, these products are safe and they are good for you and they don't contain THC. You got to know that, okay? This is good stuff. Please check them out. Make sure you use the discount code TAKE12. That's T A K E and the number 12 to get 20% off, all right? So you're helping us promote recovery when you shop at one of our sponsors' locations on the Internet. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Come on in. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. This is a place Kitty, 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 kitty. Meow, meow, meow. Woof, woof.